Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. The next big test for the art market begins next week with the major November auctions in New York City. More than a thousand artworks will be up for sale, ranging from very blue chip artists to emerging ones. Auctions really are one of the few public barometers in the otherwise opaque art market. Given the uncertainty in the current market, the results of these auctions will ultimately prove to be a revealing indicator for all of us to see where things stand at the moment. So in this week's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Daniel Cassidy, art business reporter for Art News. Daniel recently wrote a piece on Art News previewing the upcoming auctions, and he joins us to help break them down further. Thanks so much for downloading and listening. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Adam. Absolutely. So I first want to set the plate for where the market is at the moment as we head into these major November auctions. It does appear the market is softening. What are some of the significant indicators you're seeing that will indicate that that may actually be the case? For the last year, there hasn't been the depth of bidding we've seen in 2022 and especially 2021. Um Estimates are a lot lower, or as I like to say, collector-friendly. Um, and according to sources I've spoken to throughout the year, it's kind of it's been a struggle for auction houses to find the A plus artworks, you know, that really drive the November sales. Um, just with the state of the market kind of as a whole, which is a phrase that I tend to shy away from. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, with the market as it stands, people tend to buy only A plus works. An A, a B plus often isn't worth it. So convincing collectors to part ways with something in an environment where they might not get the most ideal price has proven difficult. That's a really great point you raised about the A plus quality examples. I think people really do get more picky in markets like this, and it just shows that the best quality examples are the most liquid, really, regardless of market conditions. And so with that in mind, it feels like, to me at least, these November sales seem like the biggest test for the market, perhaps since the pandemic and subsequent historic correction. Do you agree with that? I mean, that's not a bad way to describe it, that this is the biggest test since the pandemic. But I also, you know, I'm wary that that's a false equivalency. The last November was also the biggest test since the pandemic, right? The next year, that statement could be said with equal um, assuredness. The New York sales in November, historically and probably forever if not at least the foreseeable future will be the biggest kind of barometer for the market for the simple fact that it's in new york you know it does help that it's at the end of the year and wraps everything up and it's a detriment to probably other sales because new york is at the end of the year but if you're a collector and you've got an a plus tony beautiful warhol on your wall you're not going to send it to an evening sale in London in the summertime, 
Um, it just doesn't make sense. The May sales in New York, possibly you would get, you know, the highest price, but it's just an understood phenomenon that the November sales are where all the big work goes. And for that reason alone, that's where the big work goes. You know, it's, it's a decision that's been made by collectors and by the auction houses. If everyone took the works that are on offer here and decided to sell them in Paris, that would become, you know, the new thing. But really, it's just the the same reason people moved to New York from the Midwest or from, you know, anywhere else in the world. New York has that draw and will continue to do so. It's It's the center of the financial world and it's the center of the art market for sure. And one thing you mentioned in your article on Art News previewing the upcoming auctions is that from one season to the next, to an extent, the auction houses are at the mercy of the largest states that come or don't come to the market. So if we dig into some of the artworks and estates coming up this season, what are some of the major ones that most people will be following? The main event here is obviously the Fisher-Landau sale. We reported, as did others, that there was a battle between Christie's and Sotheby's to kind of secure the rights to sell that work and within that collection there's that picasso which i mean could very well break the record for the artist experts have said it could surpass you know 180 million which i believe would break the record for the artist and one of the things that makes a work at auction especially in new york so valuable is the provenance right fisher landau was a quintessential New York figure. She hung out with Warhol. You know, she was on the scene in the thick of it when New York was making its bones, you know, in the 80s as the art capital of the world. So to have something from her collection, I think is just extremely special. Um, you know, in the story that you mentioned, I wrote that it's difficult to compare really any given year in the market and especially the auction market to a prior year. And last year was so extraordinary because of, you know, parts of the Maclo collection, parts of the Paul Allen sale. Like these were as big as Emily Fisher Landau's name is. It's relatively small potatoes too, when compared to a Maclo or a Paul Allen. Those sales, in part, really drove the market up. Um, there was also the Shot Sage Blue Maryland, you know, that became the most expensive work by a 20th century artist ever sold at auction. So Landau, the Fisher Landau sale is definitely worthy of the headlines that it got, but it's difficult to compare to last year because the caliber of you know, art world celebrity was just so much higher back then. But I think that's something that isn't repeatable. How many Paul Allens are there, right? How many times can Harry and Linda Macklow get divorced and forced to sell things that perhaps they didn't want to sell? There's a lot of smaller collections kind of coming up with really great stuff. Um, at Christie's, they have works from the Jerry Moss collection, which for anyone who is a, a big music fan, he was 
part of A&M Records that found, discovered Carol King and the police. I can't not mention the Reitman collection that they also have because there would be no Ghostbusters without Ivan Reitman. That, that's half of my childhood right there. Um, the Reitman collection has its own Picasso over Christie's that I think is poised to fetch 25 to 35 million. Um, Christie's also has some beautiful Cezannes that are on sale to benefit the Langmat Museum. Um, controversially on sale, I might add. ICOM has a big problem because they consider this a deaccession to help fund the museum and the founder of the museum's parents or father worked for a company that had ties to Nazi Germany after he left the company and after these paintings were purchased, but still that kind of information sucks up air, you know? So there's notable works that maybe aren't as high caliber as that Picasso from Fisher Landau, um, but they are spread out across, you know, all the major sales. Yeah, it sounds like there's some really great things coming up the next few weeks at auction. I know it's hard to forecast, but from speaking to insiders, do you have a sense as to how these sales may perform? Which I think maybe is another way of saying, do you have a sense of where the market is right now and how people are feeling about buying and bidding at auction? I guess would be, we'll see similar depth of bidding as last year. Collectors will be trepidatious. Maybe that's not the right word, but cautious is a better way to describe it. I mean, it really, the difference, one of the main differences between this year and last year is that money is a lot more expensive. Interest rates now are incredibly high. During that post-COVID boom in 2021, it was the exact opposite. Interest rates were incredibly low. Everybody was liquid. It was just really easy to buy things and we were coming out of a period in time where no one could go spend money anywhere else. Um, so I do think people will be more cautious with their bidding. They're gonna bid less for investment and maybe more for something that they really love, which you know many collectors will tell you is the best way to approach an auction and build a collection anyways. I find it interesting when people talk about the market in such broad terms, because it's not really one market, right? These, especially in November, it, this is the din, like the collective din of a thousand different markets. You have Cezanne's market across the board, Frankenthaler. You have younger artists, you know, currently working like Teresita Fernandez and Dominic Chambers. Each of them have their own market. So it's really difficult to take a broad view of the quote unquote art market when you're not looking at one thing. 30,000 feet isn't high enough. You have to look from the stratosphere, if not higher, to kind of gauge how it's going. And like, like Josh Bayer said on his podcast, it's something that I keep returning to. If you collect Modigliani, that's the market you care about. Everything else doesn't matter. I think there will be some caution but with the provenance of some of these works, I think things will move just at that lower kind of that lower kind of pace where there'll be a handful of bidders for each of these 
you know, star lots as opposed to, you know, food fights on the floor at Sotheby's. I think you raised a really great point, especially about interest rates, which I don't think is something that is being discussed enough in the art media or even among um, art insiders. But I think you can think about interest rates in two ways. One, for those people that were actually borrowing to acquire artworks over the last few years, interest rates were very low. It was relatively easy to do. Now with interest rates much higher, it's much costlier and much less of an attractive option to be able to do. And also just thinking about interest rates right now, someone's cash in their bank, it's making five, five and a half percent plus risk-free return just sitting there in the bank. While a few years ago, it really wasn't making much at all. And there was really no point in keeping your cash in the bank. So you might as well spend it and buy things like art. But now with interest rates much higher, I think each time a collector considers acquiring a work or at least a high priced work, they have to think about would they want their money to be in this artwork versus just sitting in the bank and earning that five, five and a half percent interest rate? So I think that kind of mindset has definitely shifted in the last few years. Yeah, especially if you're looking in the long term, you know, like you actually make a really good point as far as the bidding goes. Last or 2021, you probably saw a lot more finance people from the finance world bidding and using artworks as an investment, which is why they're they were hoping for a high return on whatever it is they bought. That will happen a whole lot less. And in turn, the bit depth of bidding won't be there because then you, now you have people purely buying for long-term collections. If, I mean, I, I imagine in an ideal world, if you buy a piece of art, it's something that you will hold on to for a decade, two decades, 50 years. It's not something that you hope will double in value in a year and then you flip it of course there are people that do that but those people maybe will have been removed from the equation because of how high the interest rates are yeah i think that mindset is a much more speculative one and not really the perspective of a long-term collector so we have the november auctions coming up over the next few weeks looking ahead after those sales what will be the next major test for the art market i mean like every year uh, Art Basel in Miami is the next thing to look at. Um, and it's impossible not to, you know, everybody goes, every gallery is there, whether at Art Basel or Untitled or the number of other fairs that are in Miami. So it'll be a real question of who shows up to the VIP days, how many works a gallery can move. But then again, I feel that's even less of a true indicator than the auctions because certain blue chip galleries have already sent out, you know, checklists for the things that they're going to bring. And a lot of those works, I believe, are sold well before they're even shipped to Miami. Miami is more of a place where people can see the stuff that you have. It's peacocking to a degree especially if most of the things are sold. And then if a journalist comes up and asks, how are you doing? Oh, Lord, everything's been fantastic. It's the best Miami ever. Everything's been sold. I can't imagine a dealer not saying something along those lines. That's a test for the market, but in a much more peripheral way. It's it's more of like a social test. Will people feel, do people feel, 
feel that Basel and Miami is still important enough to go after London and Paris and the auctions there and the auctions in New York, you know, as we were speaking about earlier, the calendar has gotten to a point where the volume is so high. Invariably at some point decisions have to be made about what, what you're going to go to. You know, it used to be that there was at least some time to catch your breath between Basel and Switzerland and Art Basel, Miami Beach. And I definitely don't feel that. And I can't imagine many collectors do either. No, it's sort of become kind of a running joke with myself and a few people that I have interacted with the last few months saying, well, we'll catch our breath in December. Or, oh, I can't wait till December for the holidays because that's really the next break we'll have. And yeah, as you said, we were talking even before we were recording the podcast just about the art world calendar and how busy it's become and how many selling opportunities there are with so many gallery exhibitions, art fairs, auctions. I kind of noticed even last year at the fair in Miami that there was a level of fatigue just from collectors having spent their money already at some of these other buying opportunities the last few months and they just want to take a break now for a few months. So yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to gauge what the feeling's like there. And I think that will be quite revealing. Daniel, thanks so much again for coming onto the podcast and helping us preview these upcoming major November auctions in New York. They're really important barometers for where the market stands. And if our listeners don't already, they should definitely check out all of your articles on Art News. And you're also on social media, often talking about the art market and the art world. Where can we find you there? On Twitter, I'm at Daniel Cassidy. On Instagram, it's at Cassidy Photos. And I want to thank you so much for having me on. You know, I really appreciate it. I love getting to chat. Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate having you on, Daniel, and sharing your insights on the market and the upcoming sales. Hope to speak to you again soon.